Black True Crime is a podcast that researches and discusses murders committed by Black offenders. It is a podcast that anyone and everyone is welcome to enjoy, but it may not be enjoyed by anyone and everyone, so listener discretion is advised. Now, without further ado, this is Black True Crime. Hello, everyone. Hey, guys. I'm Kayla. And I'm Kristen. And welcome to Black True Crime. Isn't, <laughs> if this is your first time here at the show, welcome and hello. Give me a high side. So today we are super excited to be here. One, we're in the same place, like we're recording right next to each other. It's a vibe. <laughs> and, and we are also going to be covering a crazy case today that so many people have um suggested or requested within the last week and i was like you know what let's just do it now let's just not wait and give it to them today so. give it to me give, give me, me that sweet that, that nasty, nasty that gushy stuff but don't pressure me so yeah that's what we're gonna give you are you ready to get started let's get into it netflix has recently released a docuseries highlighting the life and the crimes of an infamous killer he was a cannibalistic murderer who targeted men of color to enact his deluded and demented fantasies on while they were alive and even after. This man was murdered himself in 1994 by, ironically, a man of color. And today we're going to tell his story. So join us as we discuss Jeffrey Dahmer's killer, Christopher J. Scarver. Okay, I was today years old when I found out Jeffrey Dahmer got killed by a black man. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. A lot of people didn't even know Jeffrey Dahmer was dead <laughs> they thought he was still locked up and serving his time but no he's in the ground that was me warm food okay let's mm-hmm. get into it i'm excited you guys and thank you for everyone that requested this case because yeah i probably wouldn't have covered it you guys know i don't like to do what everybody else is doing like going off of the hype of things but there were so many dms i was like fuck it i'm just gonna do it now so thank you you guys because you are real true crime fans yeah because i knew nothing about this she did it so Christopher J. Scarver was born on July 6th, 1969 in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and was the second oldest out of five children. Mm. He went to James Madison High School, but didn't finish, unfortunately, and he dropped out during his 11th grade year. Oh, we were so close. So close, yet so far. But it wasn't long before his mother kicked him out, so basically he was living with his mom and... Once he dropped out of school, he really started becoming more of an alcoholic mm. at such a young age, right? But he didn't stay down too long. Despite his addiction, Christopher was able to snag a job as a trainee carpenter in a Wisconsin job program. Okay. Mm-hmm. Period. Job corps. Let's go. Yes. He was brought on by a man named Edward Patz, who promised Christopher a full-time job once he finished the program. So Christopher's like, yes, I'm going to have a job. You know, I'm going to have a vocation, like yeah. a skill, and things are looking up for him. Okay, and he can still drink, so okay. the best of all worlds. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> it's a functioning alcoholic at this point. Mm-hmm. But by the time Christopher completed it, the program, Pats had moved on from the company, and that full-time job position never happened. Pats, you're whack. <laughs> Pats is whack. He should have made sure that Christopher's spot was going to be secure. Yes. He just should have done that um, 
I know it's probably not protocol, but you promised it to him. You should look out. Whoever was coming up after him, he should be like, yo, bro, this was right. my word. I gave it. Followed through. Mm-hmm. Thank you. And after this huge disappointment, Christopher started to drink heavily mm-hmm. and his mental health seemed to be deteriorating as a result. While in his drunk state, Christopher claimed that he would hear voices telling him he was the chosen one. Mm-mm, that ain't normal. No, no. I Why? never heard no voices when I was drunk. Isn't it so interesting how like when people lose, you know, grip on reality? Their, yeah, yeah. The first thing they're talking about is that, well, God made me do this or the devil or something. It just goes like spiritual. spiritual. It's very interesting. Think about it. Ponder it. Mm-hmm. I wonder why. Ponder with poo coming soon to you. Oh, God. Kristen's going to be doing a new segment, you guys. She wants to call it Pondering with Poo. So (laughs) we'll work on it. Her childhood nickname is Poo, if you guys are new to the show. Mm -hmm. All right. So Christopher, still feeling jaded by the Wisconsin Conservation Corps, Christopher went to the program office on June 1st, 1990, and found Supervisor Steve Lohman, He's the one that replaced Edward mm-hmm. Pats when he left. And I guess he's the one that was like, I'm not going to give you the job. So maybe that's why he had the anger that he had toward him. Mm-hmm. But he was really pissed off and he was like, y'all owe me some money. Period. Kristen. <laughs> a job, something. Something. And Kristen didn't even want a job at this point. He was like, no, give me the money. And he pointed the gun. Oh, God. Right. At Pats's face. I'm sorry, not Pats. Loman's face. And demanded that Steve give him some money. So the terrified Steve, obviously, he was terrified. He only had $15 on him, and that's what he gave to Christopher. Steve. Kristen, that's all he had on him. He didn't expect <laughs> to get robbed no, that I'm day. No, I'm just saying it's even hard out here for supervisors. So yes. let's not blame everything on Steve. Right, right. He didn't have the coin. Mm-hmm. And I guess this was an insult to Christopher. It made him even more enraged, and he just shot Steve once in the head. Oh, God. Him. That took a turn. Oh, God. Mm -hmm. He then found site manager John Fian and demanded money from him, reportedly saying, quote, do you think I'm kidding, Mr. Hitler? I need more money. Right. Mr. Hitler. Okay. We can see that his view has been skewed. Yeah, he's very upset. I don't know if they were treating him bad or what the dynamic was in the office but i don't think he should have killed these people period point blank full stop like i get it you were wrong Mm -hmm. but murder is not the way not in this way you could have went somewhere and literally got a job with your certificate if you tried a little bit you know still had options mickey d's was available come on okay Kristen. (laughs) so he found john he said what he said and then he shot into steve's body two more times yeah as if to like tell John, don't be him type of thing. Give me the money. Oh, that would have did it for me. (laughs) I would have gave him everything I had. I would have been stripped naked by that point. And so I have, I've given you everything. What more do you want from me? Literally. So John basically did that. He handed over a $3,000 check to Chris. Um, Chris also took his credit cards and then John ran for his life and Chris escaped. Period. Chris left the scene and ran to his girlfriend's house where he was later arrested with the check, the credit card, and the gun in his pocket. You couldn't even use the money. He didn't even try. Come on. I don't know. I don't know, girl. So because of this robbery and murder, Chris was sentenced to life in prison without parole. 
1992, he was sent to the Columbia Correctional Institution in Portage, Wisconsin. Mm. So if you guys are on Patreon, you see this picture of Chris and his son right now. So before Chris went to jail, I believe he was able to have his son. Mm -hmm. From the picture that I'm seeing, he looks a little bit older, like he had already been in jail for a little little while. while. Um, and maybe he was having conjugals. Maybe that's how he got his son. I'm not really sure. Mm-hmm. But he does have a son, and his name is Christopher Scarver Jr. And he's adorable. He is adorable. He's stinker banker. <laughs> his daddy? No. Chris looks like someone I know. He looks like um, somebody put all the wrong pieces from the Mr. Potato Head. He looks like Allery. Into his bo- Ooh. Ooh. Flex. No printer. What if Allery's real name is Christopher Scarver? Okay, okay, okay. I'm reaching much. But as you guys know, we're probably like, well, a couple minutes into the show. And we know that Christopher's story doesn't stop here. So Christopher's claim to fame and infamy actually wouldn't happen until about two years later. On the morning of November 28th, 1994, Christopher was serving his time at Columbus, having only been there for about two years when he was assigned to a work detail. Mm -hmm. He was assigned to work with two other inmates on this assignment. One was Jesse Anderson, who was a 37-year-old businessman. Look at him, Kristen. That's a businessman? No, I'm sorry. That's Christopher. Okay, Christopher. Hold on. We have to do a what's a giving. Kristen, he looks like Donkey Kong. His nose is huge. His lips are wide and thick. His hair is thick, too. And there's something cute about him. Of course you're going to say that. I'm looking at him like, no. Mm -mm, I'm looking at him like. He came out of the garbage disposal. No. Yes. No. Yes. Ooh, Chris. He looks a mess. He looks feminine. Well, hey. Chris looks like Michael Jackson in a way. (laughs) Chris With this perm. I can't wait for people to come for you. I just can't (laughs) wait when they see these damn pictures. It's just this. Oh, who's that? That is the guy we're talking about now. That's Jesse. Jesse was in jail. Yes. What you do, Jesse? Let's get back to Jesse. Yeah. Okay. Looking like Captain Stottlemyre. Oh, right. <laughs> Shout out to Monk. Love that fucking show. <laughs> Shout out show. to Monk. We love you. Love that show. Okay. So Jesse was a 37-year-old businessman who was convicted to life for stabbing his wife to death. Mm-mm. Yeah. So it was like one night after the couple had gone to see a movie. Jesse stabbed his wife, Barbara, five times in the head and the face. In the head? Yes. And the face? Yes. God, lunatic. Right. And then he stabbed himself four times in the chest. To stab yourself, you're going against everything in your body telling you don't harm yourself. Survival instinct, absolutely. Oh, my God. Mm Mm-hmm. And but he survived. Obviously, he survived. And he claimed two black men were responsible for the attack. Of course, you blame it on the black folks, and that's what you get. You in jail, you know? Are we past that in 1994? No, No, we're not past that in 2022. Mm -mm. Unfortunately, Barbara was in a coma for two days before she died in the hospital. Oh, Barbara! Rest in peace, Barbara! Rest in peace, Barbara! And rest in peace to Steve. We didn't even say that. And rest in peace, Steve. Yeah. Oh. And the other inmate that was on the work detail was Jeffrey Dahmer. Ooh. Mm-hmm. So you and got Chris with these two white men mm-hmm. on detail mm-hmm. in prison. Right. And we already know about Jeffrey Dahmer. If you don't, he was responsible for killing, I think, about 17 men of color 
and he was serving multiple life sentences at this facility. So the facility that they were at was considered the supermax. Okay. All these people, you know, violent murderers, rapists, child molesters, disgusting, horrible, awful. Um, what do they call them? Cannibals. Let's that, say that too. That too. Now, Christopher was well aware of who Jeffrey was when the first when he first showed up to the prison. And obviously, so did everyone. The case was international news at that point. Mm-hmm. And most people were disgusted by what Jeffrey did. Because it was disgusting. Mm-hmm. And some people were like, oh, cool. He's, you know, a fellow cannibal. Just gross. Oh, my God. The worst of the worst were just in a cesspool together. Kayla, could you imagine? What, being in prison? No, eating a person. <laughs> no. The way that humans stink when they're bodies (laughs) bitch even after going on a run how funky some of y'all are or some people are no Hmm. it's like i rather eat chitlins that part actually i feel like chitlins eat some people to cannibalism (laughs) unclean chitlins for sure for all y'all that eat chitlins i'm sorry i can't i can't do it i won't do it we cooked it one time in our house and it changed my life the smell of it my olfactory system will never be the same screaming yeah in hell so (laughs) jeffrey had gotten into a couple scuffles when he first got to the prison Mm, jeffrey i don't know if he was the aggressor or like the victim but Mm -hmm. probably both probably both according to christopher himself quote there was no impression i never interacted with him end quote he said he witnessed jeffrey's interactions with others and he just didn't want to put himself in the situation to like go to jail (laughs) go to jail you know get get locked down (laughs) go to the hole have jeffrey say some slick shit and he just go off and kill the nigga you know what i'm saying he was trying to avoid that because chris was about that life don't get it twisted i don't think he needed a gun I don't do his business. And we're going to find that out. This is like really a play out of two crazy people who have lost their minds put together in a room. Let's see what happens. Battling it out. Oh, oh, oh. I think Jeffrey was definitely worse in the grand scheme of like horrifying, unforgivable acts that he committed. I agree. But they're both still off their fucking rock. Yeah. Both of their psyches are broken. Mm -hmm. Battle of the crazies. Mm -hmm. So now back to November 28th, 1994. Jeffrey had apparently carried around a newspaper clipping detailing the horrible things that he'd done to his victims. As if he were proud. Very much so. And seeing this, 25-year-old Christopher became enraged. Okay. 25-year-old Christopher. Mm-hmm. He was young, Super y'all. Young. Right. God, but- I hate that Jeffrey's fine. I knew you were going to fucking say it, Krista. I knew all thinking you were it. going to say I because knew it. all thinking it. I knew it. I knew it. I knew and it. And he has the nerve to have dimples. Are you joking me? God, what were you doing making this man attractive? I mean, it's just like it gives Ted. I never thought Ted Bundy was cute, but a lot of them thirsty, <sighs> root of the caucus women were on his jock. <laughs> Ted had like more a wet charisma. Sock. More charisma than anything. I heard Jeffrey was awkward. He was awkward, but I was looking at him when I was looking at pictures of him to like <laughs> include in this. I was like, this nigga's not idiot. He's not ugly. You know he's not. Talk he did ugly it. things. He's a monster. Monster. But yeah. a monster wearing a pretty face. Ugh, disgusting. Uh, Lord forgive me. Lord forgive <laughs> I just, us. Uh, God. Okay, anyway. But the newspaper clipping wasn't the catalyst. It was when the three men were cleaning that day. While Chris was bent over, filling up a mop, bu- mop bucket with water, he felt someone poke him in his back. Uh-uh. 
He said, quote, I turned around and Jeffrey and Jesse were kind of laughing under their breath. I looked right into their eyes and I couldn't tell which one had done it. End quote. So when Jeffrey headed towards the staff locker rooms, Christopher decided to follow him and took with him a 20 inch five pound metal bar how did he take it with him out of I the thought weight this room. was lockdown no it they were cleaning the weight room like the gym area so he had access to that equipment and he just grabbed one be careful of the quiet ones because it mm-hmm. don't seem like chris made too much of a fuss about it right? he kept it calm and cool mm-hmm. but was ready to go off when needed to yeah you uh, just never turn your back to anyone 25 <laughs> year old yeah. wow He decided to confront Jeffrey about the newspaper clipping he carried around. Chris said, quote, I asked him if he did those things because I was fiercely disgusted. He was shocked. Yes, he was. He started looking for the door pretty quick. I blocked him. He ended up dead. I put his head down. End quote. I put his head down. I don't know. What that mean, Chris? Mm. Chris, don't be speaking of riddles. Right. He is. Christopher said after he beat the hell out of Jeffrey, he went back to where Jeffrey was. Quote, he stopped for a second and looked around. He was looking to see if any officials were there. There were none. Pretty much the same thing happened. Got his head put out. Huh? So he did it again? Yeah, he did it again. He did it to Jesse this time. Oh, just like that. Yep. Yep. Attacked them both. So after the attacks, he left the area returned to his cell and told a guard, quote, God told me to do it. Jesse Anderson and Jeffrey Dahmer are dead. End quote. Just like that. With the swift swing of his bat. That's a smooth criminal. Facts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it was. When I read this, I was like, okay. okay. How did this happen? Who let this happen? We're going to talk about it. Let's talk about it. We're going to get to everything, but yes, what are your questions? Jeffrey Dahmer is a six foot, six foot man. Mm-hmm. Chris, I don't know what his stature was, what he looked like, mm-hmm. and I know he had a weapon on his side, but Jeffrey Dahmer is someone who has attacked multiple people. Yes, he drugged them, but yeah. some he didn't, right. and he was still able to overpower them. So it's like, dang, Chris, yeah. what type of strength you got? I think he caught him off guard. I mean, you hit somebody in the head with a metal bar, it's going to knock them a little wavy. But he was standing right in front of him, asked him, did you do those things? And he said he saw Jeffrey looking for a, a door, yeah. which means he blocked the door. So mm-hmm. they were standing face to face. I mean, maybe Jeffrey wasn't a fighter. Let's be real. He's not going to go toe to toe with Christopher and come out of there alive. Yes, Jeffrey was a monster, but I don't think he was, you know, a gorilla. Like, I don't think he was like um, a fighter in that sense. He was just destructive to people that he felt he could be destructive to. And Chris wasn't giving any of that. Chris knocked him out and bashed his head in. Godly. Mm -hmm. Authorities rushed to aid the men who were both still alive when they were found, but in extremely dire conditions to which both men would succumb to. So Jeffrey died from his injuries in uh, just one hour after arriving to the hospital, and Jeffrey didn't die for another two days. I mean, sorry, Jesse didn't die for another two days. Wow. Isn't that crazy? Because when Jesse killed his wife, Barbara, she was on life support for two, for days, two days, too. So you see how Cormac well, goes the around, block, comes oh. around. She'd be spinning the lot. 
So Christopher was found competent enough to stand trial despite his claims that God made him kill those men. So he also claimed that there was like a little family that came to him. It was like a mom, a dad, a little boy, and a little girl. And they all told, came to him and said, you need to kill Jeffrey. Like, this is something that needs to happen. Everything's going to be okay after you do it. So, well, who knows if that's true? But point. I mean, yeah, who knows? Yeah. But it's it's a, um, a part of his M.O. to hear things and then to do it. Yeah. Yeah. That's what he said with in his first trial. But didn't really work out his first trial because he still got the life sentence you know anyways authorities believe that both men were rationally or i'm sorry both murders were rationally motivated they think chris killed jeffrey because he was responsible for the death of so many black men and he killed jesse because jesse killed his wife and then tried to blame it on two black men oh well you could make that connection yes you could it does give and chris also was quoted to have said quote Nothing white people do to blacks is just. Ooh. So it gives a little bit of racism, a little bit of prejudice and targeted. It gives killing. a little bit of premeditated. Why would they put him with two white men in the first place to clean up a locker room, a weight room? Especially if he has said something like this already. If he's verbally expressed his dislike for the other race or whatever, why? Why put him in that position or even those other men in that position? Come on, y'all. And I know they probably like, okay, two white people to one black people so if they can overpower him, mm-hmm, if anything. Mm-hmm. Turned out, they couldn't yeah. work that way. <laughs> and the thing that's so crazy is, well, we'll get to it. So Christopher ended up pleading no contest to both of the murders. So he said, he didn't I didn't do care. it. I'm not saying I did do it. I'm not saying I didn't do it. According to Christopher, he was basically set up to kill Jeffrey. He blamed prison officials for leaving him alone with that man, saying, quote, they had something to do with what took place. Mm. Mm-hmm. Okay, Chris, but don't be blaming on other folks. Absol- they didn't they didn't take your hand. Right. They didn't tell and you beat that man to death <laughs> to walk him like a dog. He showed he, he, he didn't, you know, chew him like a chew toy. <laughs> but to be fair, why were those three murderers left alone together to clean a weight room yes. full of objects that can kill people. Yes. And even with them having access to what the staff locker room, when he said Jeffrey was headed toward the staff locker room, I'm like, where the fuck is the... who staff? Is the supervision. <laughs> These are killers. Where is the staff? <laughs> Why aren't they in chains? They weren't being watched. So during one of his trials, the defense brought up the fact that Christopher had been known to say some crazy things like we already talked about. But for instance, he thought he was a million years old. Hmm. Mm -hmm. And along with the claims that he is the son of God, I'm sure they were reaching for an insanity plea. Well, he's kind of giving that. He's giving off his fucking rock. But also, there's going to come something that we're going to get to and it's going to make you question how mentally ill he really is. So when I was looking for information about Christopher's mental health state and if the defense and even the prosecution did their due diligence as far as like getting him seen by professionals and all that type of stuff, Mm -hmm. I was able to find information included in his 2006 appeal in regards to his prison living situation. So Christopher is actually apparently, quote, schizophrenic and delusional and unlike most schizophrenics, extremely dangerous. End quote. Unlike most schizophrenics, extremely dangerous. I would assume anybody talking in your ear, most likely to self-harm or to harm mm-hmm. others is dangerous, period. 
But I understand what they're saying. Yeah. They're saying that he's volatile and he will actually act on these voices. Correct. And sometimes they label schizophrenics as being violent, but violent to themselves or dangerous, but dangerous to, to themselves. themselves. And maybe it's more rare for schizophrenics to act out violently toward other people. Mm. But as we know on this show and in our experience is pretty common. <laughs> Most people that we talk about are schizos or some type of mental illness. And that contributes to them harming others. Yeah. And no offense, obviously, to like schizos. To even say no, the word schizos. I had a friend like we, who was. We have family that are schizophrenic. It's no disrespect. Oh, and it's no joke either. Yeah, that shit's serious. He also attempted to kill himself at least twice while locked up at the Columbia Correctional Institution. And one of those times he tried by lighting himself on fire. Y'all, this is a dude that does not care. Yeah, this isn't a joke. Like, he's going to do what he needs to do at all costs. But for me, I'm like, where did this start? And when did it start? Mm -hmm. Did it start when he was Drinking? drinking alcohol when he was, you know, very young? Where did this turn take place? Yeah. Well, you know, there's probably some childhood trauma. Everybody we talk about has some something that happens in their childhood. Yeah. Most of them. Yeah, for sure. Mm -hmm. By 2004, Christopher had been in solitary confinement for almost 20 years since he'd murdered the two men. And he decided to file a federal civil rights lawsuit against the facility, citing that he'd been subjected to cruel and unusual punishment, which violated his constitutional rights. Hmm. Now, you're in prison for taking three lives. Already. Constitutional rights shouldn't really be something you're talking about because you need to be dealing with the punishment that you need to be going through for the things that you did. For me, it's difficult for like murderers to come out and be like, I deserve to be treated better than this. Mm. I'm sorry. Like, I don't fucking agree with that. Mm. I don't think that you don't believe in unalienable human rights. <laughs> I do think some rights are un unalienable. However, talking about, oh, my medication is making me too hot in the summer. Huh? So change. <laughs> is that what he said? Yes. <laughs> we'll get to it. You know, so put me somewhere else so I'm less hot on my antipsychotics. I don't know. I just feel like, oh. You know what? One thing about people I really cannot stand. We are so quick to play victim. Yeah. Like, everything is about us. We are the ones who have wronged or been wronged. Mm -hmm. Even when we've done the most hurt, the most wrong. Yeah. We still expect people to treat us, show us sympathy in some way. <laughs> and it's like, where was the sympathy for the people's lives that you took? And then if somebody thinks that way, oh, you shouldn't think like that. You don't treat people the same way they treat you. Yeah. But it's like, what do you expect me to do? Yeah. Uh, Jesus turns the other cheek. Not me. <laughs> okay. You slap me across my face, I'm liable, bitch, to, to black out and fuck you up. Just saying. Even still, how many times can I forgive you before mm -hmm. I say, okay, lock him up, and I really don't care what you do with him. <laughs> you show me who you are, and I'm going to believe you. Period. My Angelou. So, thank you. Okay. I hope that's right, y'all. You know Kristen's references be fucking off the wall. This one's right. Look at it. Okay. <laughs> so some of the things that Chris was bothered by, we kind of touched on it already, his antipsychotics so he was taking those at the time and he said the heat in the summertime would react to his medication and would cause him to be in a lot of physical and mental pain mm. but that the supermax guards didn't really give a fuck and essentially ignored his calls for help okay <laughs> i'm not gonna lie i have a big heart it's huge <laughs> 
and it twinged a little bit in this corner. Oh, yeah. Because it's like, dang, like, that sounds like agony. Yeah. And I know he probably deserves it, but, like, literally, dang. I get it. I get it. I feel like maybe what we should be feeling is his punishment is just being in prison. The other things added to that, like, you know, his health and things like that aren't a part of that punishment. Yeah. So he shouldn't be treated that way. Yeah. And I'm sure the people from the 1600s are looking at us like, you guys are pussies. Because <laughs> they used no, to use we the guillotine. With, like right. the wheel where they would put people up in that wheel and break their bones slowly. Mm-hmm. So, but this is 2022. It is what it is. We should bring back corporal punishment. Kayla. Bring back torture on wooden machines. Kayla. Just I'm just You kidding. might as well say bring back Tuskegee trials. No, I was because I'm kidding. Good God. That was horrible. Don't you ever say Tuskegee again. Tuskegee. Okay. I need a drink. But the district court judge dismissed his suit, basically saying that however he was being treated was well-deserved. Mm-hmm. But another federal judge named Barbara Crabb agreed with Chris, seeing him as mentally ill, and she ruled that him and about 30 other mentally ill prison inmates be transferred to the Centennial Correctional Facility in Colorado. Okay. He was there. Basically a place that can, I guess, care for them better, Mm -hmm. like give them more attention or whatever they were asking for. Okay. But he was sent back to the Supermax prison after some type of complaint with the court. I didn't really get into that but he wasn't there too long and he was sent back to colorado and now he is at a medium security prison okay he still appealed the original decision about his treatment at supermax and the lawsuit attached to that but he was shot down again in 2006 Mm. stay your tail in that medium security and just just leave him alone (laughs) be quiet chris right because in the day you just killed three people two while you were in jail i was to lock you up for life and throw away the key well, that's what they're doing. Babe. But like not even care about you. Medium security prison is a privilege. It sounds yeah. like. Yeah. They I feel like they definitely went out of their way to give him that. But there were a lot of other prisoners that were going through the similar mm-hmm. things. You know, if you're mentally ill, maybe you shouldn't be in the same um, facilities as people, people who are completely exactly, sane. And, yeah. 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 And did crimes just as horrible as you. Right. I don't know, girl. I don't know. I don't know. Because wrong is wrong, but at the same time, when your brain chemistry is telling you wrong is right, should you be treated the same way as the murderers who are willing and able? Right. And then for us who believe in spirits, Mm -hmm. should you be penalized for something that you, yes, have allowed into you Mm -hmm. or didn't stop for coming into you, but you've let it run amok and use you to do crazy things? But is it you or is it the spirit? Right. Or is it both? We don't know. Ooh. In 2012, Chris was in talks with publishing companies to potentially write a tell-all book about the murder of Jeffrey Dahmer. Mm. I personally don't think that murderers should be able to make money off of their killings. I think that is so just beyond disrespectful to the families and inconsiderate. So I'm glad that shit was dead in the water. It didn't go further than that. Okay, good. From what I've seen, he has not written a book about it. So how do you feel about the Dahmer series being on Netflix? I don't really care for it. I didn't watch it. I probably won't watch it because I've I've heard about this case so many times. And I've done so much research about it. I don't want to see like Evan playing him and not glorifying because I'm not saying that they're glorifying him. I just I'm over it. I'm fucking over it. Mm-hmm. You know, I probably if they make a movie about Samuel Little, you know, like a docu series in that form, I probably would watch that because I haven't done m- much research about the case yet. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but as far as stuff I've heard already, it's 1994. Let it go. Mm. Just let it go. Okay. So now Christopher likes to spend his time writing songs and music compositions. Um, he's definitely a creative. He likes to write poetry and even proposals for improvements in prison policy. Period. He seems really smart. And this is why I was saying there's going to come something that makes us question how mentally ill he really is. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to tell you a little bit about it. He created something called the American Prison Repatriation Act. Okay. Dang. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So he has a WordPress website, bitch, somehow. <laughs> yes, where he talks about his plans and wishes for the APRA. And he even offers some of his poetry as books for sale on Amazon. How? He's in jail. He can still Prison. have a publicist. <laughs> it's terrible. Okay, he has a lawyer and a publicist. Yeah. So one of the titles of this book is God Seed. Another one is called Pain. Another one is called A Mind is a Terrible Thing to Waste. Wow. As you can see, there's the words and poetry of Christopher J. Scarver, The Child Left Behind. And he drew that. Yeah, he drew that. These are the covers for his books. If you guys are on Patreon, you see it. I kind of want to read it. I'm not going to lie. I'm interested, but I don't want to spend no money on it. I don't want to put no money in his pocket. Wow. (laughs) Whatever. So from the website's preamble, this is what I found in regards to his plans for APRA. Quote, to put it plainly, by sending America's least wanted citizens, i.e. prisoners, to our respective homelands, America will save billions in tax dollars annually spent on prisons. This is an expense that will only increase with time without such an initiative. The country does not want us here. It does not want to pay, nor can it forever afford to continue to pay a fortune annually for these fouled up forsaken fortresses that only reinforce human failure. Entitled the American Prison Repatriation Act, this ballot proposal gives the rationale as well as greater details on how this repatriation process is not only possible but necessary for true fiscal responsibility, debt reduction, a stable economy, and the overall reversal of this country's growing misfortunes. Okay, I hear what it's giving, but you're going back to your <laughs> homeland to do what? To, to go free? kill and rob and rape and pillage more? To be free? Right. Go because... to another country so the other country can pay for a year bullshit? Right. I'm confused. Because if you think you're just going to run away and flee because it costs us less money to take you back home just so you can potentially do the same thing or not be rehabilitated is BS. That's just you not owning up for the shit that you do. Yeah. Like, like when people, it's kind of like when people do crimes here and then if they're not a full citizen we deport them so yeah. it's like you're deported but you're not held responsible for what you did in right. your home like, country so how the fuck does that work like you did the crime here so you should pay here yeah this doesn't seem like justice to me it seems like a way around the system it Period. seems like he's trying to say well you pay less money if you don't have to worry about us and just pawn us on someone else and that's never gonna give i mean maybe to some republicans <laughs> yes yes but let let africa deal with let them. africa deal with them even if they're not from there send them there just load them up on boats oh yeah drop I, I them in the ocean for all we care i know some people that would like that oh kanye like- will probably on be on board for that it sounds like bullshit <laughs> it sounds like it's- i'm not even gonna hold you it was written very like uh, eloquently, big word, big word, big word yeah. but it's it's a bullshit. 
it's proposition, like, in my opinion. Yeah, how are we holding ourselves accountable, Chris? Right. How, how are we holding you accountable, Chris? But Chris, dang, you smart, Chris. I mean, Where did all this come from? Like I said, I don't know if someone wrote this for him. I don't know, but it's definitely not giving schizophrenic to the point of not being able to tell white from wrong or stop themselves from doing wrong. God, this is so hard. Yeah. Because it's like, okay, he's clearly competent because he understands. Right. But he could still be being spoken to with people in his head telling him to do crazy things. And if he succumbs to that voice in one moment, Mm -hmm. is he insane or is he still competent but just made an insane, had an insane moment? Yeah. This is a mess. I I don't envy the justice system for trying to separate the two, you know? No. Because a lot of people are very manipulative and can make you think that they're sicker than they are. Mm-hmm. We've seen it. Mm-hmm. And the very first line of the preamble states, I had to share this. Quote, Not a preamble. That's what it was called on the website, y'all. <laughs> Quote, listen to the whisper so that you won't have to hear the scream. Oh. And he... My God, that he, gave me chills. He quoted, um, that was said by Reverend Run of Run DMC. <laughs> that's so that's how you open it? <laughs> Period. And that gave me chills before I even knew who said it. Listen to the whisper before you have to listen to the scream. Listen to the whisper so that you won't have to hear the scream. Kayla, is that not real, bitch? That is real as fuck. Oh my god! And I'm not mad. So into I know, I know, I know that one, bitch. I might have to write. I'm thinking it's right. I'm thinking it's more of this ARPA. We Mm -hmm. the people of the United States. But that was just gutter. That resonated. (laughs) In 2014, Christopher's son, who was also named Christopher Scarver did an interview with CNN where he was asked if he agrees that his father may have been purposely put in the position to kill Jeffrey. To which he replied, quote, I think about it all the time. It makes me wonder if he even did it, end quote. Hmm. That's a bit of a reach. Because <laughs> I ain't seen nowhere, nowhere, nowhere where Christopher denies doing it. Christopher, from what I saw, never denied killing those two men. Right. So his son can miss me. Scarver Jr., I get it. It's your daddy, but come on. Right. Let's be realistic here. Like, if he's never said he didn't do it, nine times. The question was, because he did it. The question was, (laughs) do you think he was set up to do it? Because he did it. (laughs) Uh Uh-uh, that wasn't the question. Uh -uh. The question was, (laughs) no, for real, sister. But that is a good question. Mm -hmm. Did they set him up to do it? And if so, who did? Who set him up to do it? So fast forward to 2022, Netflix has just recently come out with a docu-series about Jeffrey Dahmer, and it has reinvigorated interest in Christopher and his side of the story. So in an interview with the New York Post, Christopher decided to share even more details about what happened the day he killed Jeffrey and Jesse. But at this point, how old is he? In 2022, Christian bitch, I don't know. He was born in 1969. Dang. He's old. So he's probably like 51, 53? 52, 53. Okay, cool. Okay. No. Still a young dude. Yeah, he's still he's still Younger. young. So in the interview, Christopher claimed that although he didn't interact with Jeffrey much while at the prison, he grew to hate him more and more as Jeffrey started to taunt the inmates 
by shaping his food like body parts and organs. <laughs> yeah. He even said he'd add a little ketchup to make it look more gruesome, like it was blood on the body part. Well, okay. That's Jeffrey's demons for sure. Don't think he was thinking about y'all. But <laughs> I definitely think it was his own demons he was dealing with in that prison. Things don't go away just because you got caught for something. Right. And now you don't have access to it. And to be real, he had abundant access. He's around a bunch of men. so. And I'm sure there was plenty black males in prison. Christopher's own defense attorney didn't even believe this claim, though, saying, quote, it's ridiculous. And he has his own, like, reasoning for this. He was actually a part of the governor's commission that was responsible for investigating Jeffrey and Jesse's murders. So he had to interview Christopher back in June 1995. And Boyle, which is the guy's last name, said Chris never mentioned the taunting before. Mm. So it just seems like some editorializing he's trying to do, trying to make this sound a lot worse than it was Mm -hmm. all that Mm -hmm. Boyle said quote he told me he had a hit list of five guys who did not feel he did not feel were worthy of the word murderer because of who and how they killed Dahmer was such a milk toast what the fuck what does that That, mean I'm not looking it up (laughs) he would never have done that stuff he killed people but he didn't taunt people I never saw him do anything that would lead me to believe that he would mimic the deaths that he caused. I just don't believe that. Well, mm. to be fair, sir, we don't give a fuck what you believe because Jeffrey, whatever, milk a toast, milk a dud, it doesn't matter. Okay? He probably did reenact the horrible things that he did on men because he couldn't do it any longer. And he was he still had his hard-ons for what was taking place. And maybe he got a hard-on by scaring these men. You know what? At this point, I don't even know if Jeffrey was racist. (laughs) I feel like Jeffrey chose the weakest or the most outcast of society, which were gay people. Mm -hmm. And he was gay at the time. Mm -hmm. But then also he knew that nobody would really go looking for black folks. Mm -hmm. So maybe that was just his strategy. Mm -hmm. Either way, if he walked in a prison and a black man knew everything that he had done and looked at him funny and yeah. crazy, period. Have him in solitude. Yeah. I think Jeffrey really targeted his victims the way that he did because he was attracted to them. He mm. killed people that he was attracted to. Usually they would have consensual sex sometimes before the worst of the worst even happened. Mm-hmm. So I think he just went based off of what he was sexually attracted to and not necessarily like strategy you know based on race or picking people that would be less likely to be looked for Mm. i don't think he was thinking that far into it but like i said who fucking knows only jeffrey will really know but christopher 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 you did what you did and you gotta lie in the bed with what you did don't be making up stories now that you didn't say back then right it doesn't change anything for us right how's your psyche doing 53 at 53 years old are you better can we trust you are you reliable i mean he's still writing books i think a mind is a terrible thing to waste was written in 2018 so he is staying busy From the impression Boyle got from the interview and the investigation, he felt that the guards did not intentionally leave Chris alone so that he could kill the men. He said that Chris really was just probably disgusted by the men, saw himself as being better than them, and was just repulsed by the stuff that they did. And also, being that they were targeting black people and blaming black people, he was like, fuck these guys. Just straight up, fuck these guys. 
I wonder if in prison, like, you really know each other's crimes like that, like that. Like, you know what such and such did to you. Like, right next to you, you know his crime, you know what he did. Like, is I, it really like that? Well, when I watch 60 Days In, <laughs> usually they ask you, like, what are you in for? Or, like, you know, mm-hmm. what are you down for? Or whatever. Stuff like that. So I think they're interested. Mm-hmm. And if you have a big enough mouth or if you've been there long enough, people are going to find out. Okay. But a pastor named Pastor Roy Ratcliffe, who baptized Jeffrey while in prison and recalled that Jeffrey indeed used to taunt people. Oh, yeah. Despite what they're trying to say, he would say to people like, I bite and then laugh. Yeah. And oh. he would do that. And apparently he was doing that to prison guards, too. Okay. So Jeffrey wasn't this timid little dude. Little shink Everybody's trying to make him out to be. He couldn't have been. He w- Did you see some of those pictures from the murders, how he was posing those bodies? Mm-hmm. I mean, you have to be not only strong to do stuff like that, especially like post-mortem, um, but you have to be just low down, downright disgusting. And that's what Jeffrey was. He even put a note up in his cell that said, Cannibals Anonymous meeting tonight. Oh, come on. He, he thinks he has a sense of humor. Faces. <laughs> he thinks it's a joke. He's having a laugh, Kristen. He's having a laugh. This is just insane. So yep. Christopher said, okay, I'm going to give you something to laugh about. Yep. And Boyle, he was like, that didn't happen. <laughs> he's like, if Boyle, it, did, he's like, if it didn't go to the prison at this point. He said, if it didn't come up in the original investigation, then it's most likely lies. And the funny thing is, is like, y'all really think these people are out here telling y'all everything y'all need to know. Nobody does that. Why would they do that? Like, come on. And the thing is, sometimes they probably are oversharing, but they're just not documenting it properly. Mm-hmm. Or like the proper communication channels aren't happening. Mm-hmm. So the shit is just going unreported. Well, if Jeffrey was taunting, then Jeffrey, you got what you deserved. Yeah, My brother. In 2021, a woman named Eileen Mackin wrote on Christopher's website, quote, Christopher became ill after receiving the first vaccine shot from Moderna. The facility has been on lockdown and we was and he was unable to be treated by a doctor or nurse. The only medication has been aspirin given to him by other prisoners. Please speak out so the prisoners in Colorado are cared for when they are sick. Mm. So that kind of made me think of like what's going down in Rikers right now. I don't know if you've heard about it. If you guys haven't heard about it, Rikers is basically is the worst place you can be in as far as being locked up for anything rikers is basically like a holding place for people in new york Mm -hmm. and a lot of people there haven't even been convicted of the crime yet they're just being held pending like court or whatever the fuck they have going on and they're living in squalor in sewage they have shit on their bodies their own shit you know like overcrowded showers have been turned into cells like it's really bad wow and I feel like that's fucked up, you know, especially with people that could be innocent still in there. Yeah. That's, that's really messed up. So All because you live in New York. I know. You got locked up in New York. So I think the prison system is just trash anyway. It's not really rehabilitation-based at all. It's punishment-based and pad the fat wallets of fat, rich people-based. And we just need to do fucking better all around. Yeah. AKA stay the H away from prison because at the end of the day, it's not going to be a good move. No, just if you can help it, stay away from prison. And I know it's hard to follow the law. Y'all, I know it's a struggle, (laughs) but do your best. Okay. Because we don't got the bail money for all of our people's. No, you know what I'm saying? We can't just come and get y'all out. So Mm -hmm. help us help you (laughs) stay out of trouble. Stay cool, calm, collected. 
And if you're doing something, do it in your house. Yeah, yeah, where people can't see you do it. Yeah, so that was this week's case. I really, really wish that I was able to find more about his upbringing. Y'all know that gets me off. But I just couldn't. It wasn't out there. He hasn't really talked about it. I don't want to read his books. Maybe it's in there. If one of you guys read it, let me know. This is nutty. Mm-hmm. Wow. I just like the full circle of the story and how disgusting Jeffrey Dahmer's, you know, vile murders were. Yeah. And then, boom, he gets knocked off by a black man. Yeah. Well, maybe in some way there's some justice there. Jeffrey and Jesse definitely got the karma that was coming to them. Yeah. For sure. And it just happened to wear the name of Chris Scarver. And Chris, my guy, mm. need help. Hold it down. Um, That's all you can do. Hold it down. I'm glad that, you know, you're doing something with your time, writing mm-hmm. books and things like that. Hopefully there's something in there that can help somebody else. Right. Um, yeah. That's all I got for you. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you guys so much for listening. We hope you guys enjoyed it. That was something, wasn't it? Yes, it was something. Let us know what you guys thought about this case. If you have any requests, you know where to hit us. Please, if you actually have requests, the easiest place to send it to me now is our email because I'm getting so many, it's hard to keep track of everything and I'm losing some. So if you have a, a case you want to request, please send it to Podcast at gmail.com and uh, I'll even respond to you. Period. So. <laughs> All right. Thank you guys so much. We love you. And before we go, be safe. Protect, protect your peace. peace. And protect, protect your, your space. space. So, so we, we don't, don't have, have to, to cover, cover your case. Period. Bye. Bye. Thank you guys so much for listening to the show. You can stream all of our episodes on Amazon Music or wherever you get your podcast. And if you enjoyed the show, please leave us a five-star rating on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and even Facebook. It's the best way to help the show grow, and it's completely free. For bonus content, you can find us on Patreon. And for more information about the show, please visit BlackTrueCrime.com. See you next time. You have a right to kill me. I have a right to do that. But you have no right to judge me. <laughs>